Hello, and welcome to Love Tip and Talk with Karima on this great Monday. We're here with a special guest. I hope I pronounced his name right. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. I'm sorry we're having some technical difficulties today, but as we always say, we cannot get upset about things we have no control over. So I'm excited about today's interview. We have on a special guest by the name of Audie. That's not his entire name. I'll let him share that with you guys. But he's a pro football player in Japan for the X League. And I'm excited to dig in and, and see how it is over there in Japan. Was it a culture shock and all that good stuff? Because I know we may have some individuals that want to leap out on faith and might be a little scared to do so. So let's all hear from Audie. today I'm good I'm good thank you thank you for having me Hey, Freema, thank you for having me. Freema, unmute. Hey, Freema, I think you are muted. Okay, Audie, how you doing? Everybody, Hi. welcome to Let's Set the Talk with Freema. This is Alan Williams, executive producer. I'm taking over Freema for real quick so she get those technical difficulties good. Freema, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Was All I right. not on just now? Yes, you was, but go. go ahead. Have at it. 
I don't know what's going on today. You're but... good. You're good. We can hear you. I can hear you. Freema, go ahead and talk. I can hear you. Okay, so I do apologize about that. I don't know. I don't even know if I was on, if you could see me just now, but it went totally black on my end. So I do apologize about that. So, Audie, um, I don't know if Alan jumped in and y'all started interviewing, but tell us a little about yourself for the ones that may not know who you are. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Freema and Alan. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity uh, to be in front of your guests, um, you know. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, wherever you're watching from. Uh, you know, my, my full name is our real one, Adeyemi. Uh, so, the, you know, the Adi comes from the first three letters of, of my last name. Uh, I am from Los Angeles, California. Uh, originally, by the way, of Japan, uh, originally, by the way, of Nigeria. My parents are Nigerian. And, uh, you know, so I spent a few years, uh, I spent my young years in Nigeria. Uh, and then I moved to the to the United States when I was uh, when I was in elementary school. So that was that was a bit of a culture shock in itself. And I'm sure we will talk about how Japan uh, was a, you know, was another culture shock in, in my life. Um, but, and I hope that, uh, you know, I look, I look forward to the interview. Uh, I've been in Japan for, for nine years now. Um, it has been quite the experience. Um, I have done everything that there is to do in Japan. I've had a lot of experiences. Uh, my experiences have, have ranged from, you know, watching sumo practices, uh, you know, to eating at, you know, the best sushi restaurant in Japan, uh, to just meeting different people uh, in different walks of life from arts, uh, politics, uh, entertainment, and, uh, and fashion. Uh, Japan's really big into fashion, and, you know, we've had the opportunity to be able to meet people in that industry. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm super excited uh, for the interview. Um, and hopefully I can share some of my Japanese experience with you guys. And, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have some questions at the end as well. I, I listen, I, I just got back in. I do apologize. This is horrible. And I know it's something we have no control over, but you know, this is really testing me to work well under pressure. I must say, so I apologize about that. Okay, so I know you gave us a little background on you. Um, as far as being in Japan, um, mm -hmm. coming from the U.S., going into Japan, was this a culture shock for you? Um, is this something that you were already used to? I'm sorry if you mentioned it and I missed it, but if you don't no, mind reiterating, no, no, I was just I was just talking about it. Um, you know, when you, you know, I think it's it's a culture shock. Um, it can be a bit of a culture shock, but the one thing that you have to get used to is when you are, you know, the only black kid in, in your class, it's very similar to moving to another country uh, in that you have to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Uh, and I know we're having some, some technical difficulties right now, but that's also part of life. You know, when you live in a foreign country, things aren't always going to go the way that you had planned it. Uh, things aren't always going to go according to plans. Uh, so you have to be able to move and adapt and, and adjust. Uh, the only thing, you know, I think it was Albert Einstein that said it, that the only thing constant in life is change. Uh, so when you, in an, when you are in an environment like Japan and you understand that the only thing constant in life is change, you have to be willing to adapt uh, to your new environments. You have to be willing to adapt to the food. You have to be willing to adapt to the culture. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, that my Japanese experience has, has taught me and just living over in Japan for, you know, for nine years, you, you get a feel for how 
uh, different people do different things. Um, so that's that's a bit of a, you know, but so it wasn't to answer the question fully. Uh, it wasn't as much of a culture shock as as you would think it is. Uh, there's certain things that make it that make the experiences better. Uh, Japan has Costco. Uh, Japan has, you know, the McDonald's, the Burger yeah. Kings, the, you know, the Chick-fil-A, you know, not Chick-fil-A, but uh, the, you know, the chicken sandwich shops and, and things of that nature. So there's a lot of similarities uh, right. when you move to Japan. So it's not like you're completely abandoning everything that you've known and that you've grown up with. Uh, so the one thing that you have to do <clears throat> when you get to Japan is find the things that uh, you are familiar with. Uh, and then that will help you in your um, in your familiarity, uh, in your in your kind of comfort level. Mm-hmm. those 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 familiar things will help you in your comfort level until you start to branch out and really get a feel for what the country is and how the people operate so got it got it yeah i remember man audio me you know, i remember going over there and stuff like that uh, my first years of like 2003 2006 and then i went left and then came back and uh, um it seemed like uh i was back on beat you know uh they don't skip a beat over there mm-hmm. um they're real friendly they're mm. always on the move. Always. Um, always on the move. Very, very nice and mm-hmm. very, very cultured. And you mm-hmm. remember, like, you know, very safe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I know this recently had an incident, but you know, that's yeah. very surprising. That's rare. That's rare. Very rare. You know that's that, rare. Right? Yeah. And that shocks <laughs> that, you know, I was telling um, I think it was my father that I was telling that um that something like that is gonna scar Japanese. Uh, people in Japanese culture for for decades to come like that never that never happens in Japan yeah uh, and especially to a beloved beloved politician as yeah. uh as former prime minister Abe exactly. uh, so that was that was shocking for Japanese people that was mm-hmm. shocking for his friends abroad and that was that was, it was just a whole shocking situation most definitely so. most definitely all right so yeah so let's let's go back man let's go back to uh coming in coming from Nigeria Coming in mm-hmm. the states, that culture mm-hmm. shock for you, but also, yeah. you know, your 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 college stint. I want to go. Oh. I want to go in your college stint at, at University of San Diego, okay. and, and and then going into the training camps because you had a you have a unique story. Yeah, that yeah. I Certainly. want people to hear because yeah. your story, like, you are very like you are very you are a person that you know when you say you're gonna do something or you yeah. say that hey look. You go. You gonna support this, or you gonna stand yeah. by? You do it because your story, man. Um, yeah, I remember uh, Inside Sports Japan did a story on you, man, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know none of this, and I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to just dig in the net. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, a lot of um, a lot of my uh, my makeup, a lot of my morals, a lot of my guidance uh, certainly comes from a mixture of of uh, culture, religion, family tradition. Uh, and a little bit of kind of where I come from, uh, you know, so in, in the culture that I come from and in the, in the religion that we practice, you know, when you say that you are going to do something as a promise, like your word is your bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, so regardless of, uh, you know, feelings may change, situations may change, but you know what, you should have thought of feelings and situations before you made the decision and you made the promise. Exactly. Uh, now, if it's a life and death situation to where you have to change that promise, then it is what it is. Uh, but if it's if things are in your control and you can keep your word, and you can keep your bond, uh, you know, honor that and uh, and and silver linings and better days are ahead, regardless of what that may mean in the current situation. You know, so just going back to um, you know, going back to Nigeria, like I you know I said a little earlier that I you know I came to the states when I was ten, 
Um, you know, my parents immigrated. My, my dad has lived in the States for, for what seems like 40 plus years now. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so he's been in America since, since the 1980s. Uh, but my mother uh, didn't come to the States until 94. Well, I was born in 1990. Uh, mm-hmm. So there was a four year stint there where, you know, my mother and I lived in Nigeria. Uh, and then my parents, you know, so I, so we had the choice because I was born to an American citizen. I was automatically an American citizen, uh, kind of similar to the way that your kids are. Your kids were probably born uh, in a foreign country because of, of what you do. Um, so that was kind of a similar situation for me. Yep. Uh, so my parents decided to, um, to leave me in Nigeria. Uh, and my mom came to the States. So I, I lived with aunts, uncles, uh, grandparents. Um, and, you know, so I got a, an experience away from my immediate family that was very unique. Um, you know, so in the sense that I was living with the aunts and uncles and I was going to school with their kids. And then, you know, three months into that school and I would have to move. So I was going from city to village, village to city. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the village, it's everything that National Geographic's tell you, right? You live yeah. under a dollar a day. It's, you know, it's you live in, you know, um, less modern accommodations. Uh, but in the in the cities, you're talking, <laughs> you're talking the life of, say, you know, some of the Afrobeat stars, right? So imagine how a Burner Boy or imagine how a Davido or imagine how a Wiz Kid would live. Those are the type of situations that we were living in. Uh, one of my one of my uh, uncles was a politician, so I went to private school with his kids when I was in the city. One of my uncles was a chemistry teacher, so I went to a military school when I was living with him. You know, so I've gotten the chance to experience a little bit of everything growing up, and I'm very thankful for 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 that upbringing. Uh, now, with my parents not being there, um, you know, one of the things that that I learned how to do from a very young age was uh, to make friends. Uh, you know, and making friends for me came through. Um, came through sports uh so it was you know so making making a friend for me was as easy as can you play uh so that's how that's how i developed uh you know a lot of the skills that i still possess today uh in terms of making friends instead of communication and uh and, and, and things of that nature uh, so <clears throat> and then transitioning to the states coming from you know coming from that culture nigeria to to the states one of the biggest culture shock is that in in a culture like nigeria very similar to japan People yep. call you by your last name. Mm. So hence, hence why people still call me Ade today and not my first name. That's because right. when I was in Nigeria, people would call you and last name is Adeyemi. So people would call you Adeyemi, Adeyemi, Adeyemi. Uh, and then in Japan, same thing, Adeyemi-san, Adeyemi-san. So they just, the Ade is just a short version of that, right? So when I came to America, it shocked me that people would call me like my first name. And I was like, why are you calling me my first name? And like, no, in America, we call people by their first names, not their family name. And I was like, okay, like that's that's how they do things in America. I'm I'm okay with that, that's you right. know. But but I also realized that, you know, calling people by, by their first names, they they could feel a sense of um, there's positives and there's negatives to it. The positive side of that is that they feel a sense of um, individualism, so they feel like they're their own self, which is, <coughs> which which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the negative sides to it is they don't part of feeling a sense of individualism is that you don't feel a sense of community or you don't feel a sense of history. So when someone doesn't call you by your last name, you feel less accountable. Whereas, you know, if someone calls you by your last name, that's not only your last name, that's your father's last name, that's your mother's last name, those are your siblings' last name. You know, so every time someone says that name, it it automatically sends up a a buzzer in your head that like, this is not only mine, I'm sharing it with however many people are in your family. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense of um, of not acting stupid or not doing anything that would embarrass your family. 
uh, with with that with that culture. Uh, you know, but I enjoyed my time. Everywhere that I've lived in my life has come at a perfect time. Um, there is people ask me, where is the best place you've ever lived? And I said that the best place I've ever lived is the place that I lived during that time because it helped me develop as a person, as an athlete, and, you know, as the man that I am today. You know, so, uh, you know, I was, uh, when I moved in with my parents, uh, when I was 10 years old, I grew up in uh, Southern California, the Santa Monica area. So, yeah. um, you know, we went to, I went to a pretty good, um, pretty good schools. Uh, so I went to, I went to good elementary school, good middle school and good high schools. Uh, and I got to make life lifelong friends uh, at those schools. Uh, and then growing up, I played, I played every sport, man. I played tennis in Nigeria. I played, I played a ton of soccer. We played some cricket because Nigeria was a British colony at some point. That's right. Uh, you know, so that we played a lot of cricket growing up, a lot of table tennis, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of soccer, man. Like I remember right. when I first got to the States, I was so good at soccer. They were calling me Freddie Adu. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. I know who right? that is. Right? I know. I was, I was like the, the first prodigy, right? So I was yeah. like, Freddie, I do, Freddie, I do, Freddie, I do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But then I ended up, you know, um, going the, the American football route, which is where we are today. Uh, sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was amazing growing up there. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, mm. it, it, it helped me develop. Uh, and uh, I remember when I came to the States, I had an accent. You can, mm-hmm. you can no longer tell today, but, but the uh, my my teacher would always tell me the best writers and the best speakers work for the newspaper. That's right. So he said, if you want to develop, you know, if you want to improve and develop your writing and reading and speaking skills, you have to read the newspaper. You know, so yeah. that's that's how I developed my my reading, writing, and speaking skills, uh, as well as you know, you know, presentation skills came from programs like Toastmasters and and uh, and, and certain things like that. Okay. And, so, okay. and then finishing high school, went off to the University of San Diego, uh, right. where you know where I played football for four years, and again made a ton of lifelong friends there. Uh, a lot right. of them I still keep in touch with today. <laughs> um, and you know played football there, ended my career as the career leader in interception. Uh, yeah. From 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 day one to the last day there, I was a I was a starter. Um, yeah. I was one of the best players on on the field. I was a I was close. I was close to being freshman All American. I was, you know, all league many, many times. Yeah. Uh, San Diego Hall of Champion, Athlete of the Month. I mean, I remember that ceremony. Like the the professional athlete that was being honored on that on that day was LT. So I remember my table cool. being next to Ladenia Tomlinson's Ladenia table. Tom- yeah. You exactly. know, and I I remember like yeah. I remember because he was with the Chargers at the time. So I remember like seeing him and be like, he's not very tall. No, he's not but tall. His, yeah. But his back is very wide. Like his, like, I was like, that is, I was like, I was like, he is a a wide human being. Yes. You know, so like seeing a a professional athlete like that in, in flesh for the first time, that was, that was, um, you know, that was quite different. That was a good experience though. And then during the lockout season, which was my junior, which is my senior year, uh, a lot of the Chargers athletes would work out at our facility. So Mm -hmm. then that's when you got to see like Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates and all those guys on a regular you know, we right. got to see him. We got to see him very, very regularly. They would come and they would come in our gym, use our weight room, and things and things like that. That's what's up. That's you know, up. so so then yeah, you know, I had a I had a few <clears throat> opportunities to um, to work out for a couple teams. I worked out mm-hmm. for the Giants the first year coming out. Yeah. Uh, but but going into that workout, I realized that it would be an uphill battle making that team because yep. that was the team that what just won the Super Bowl. 
Mm, uh, the, the second Super Bowl, the when second they beat, Super Bowl, you know, yeah, 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 the second Super Bowl. So on that team, I think they had the the corners on that roster were like Aaron Ross from Texas, yep, uh, like uh, Baby Cromarty. Uh, so they had they had they just they had six or seven corners uh, that were legit guys, you know. So I I realized that you know if I was to make the team, my position would be on special teams and and things of that nature. Uh, but you know that didn't you know that you know I I did okay during the camp, but it didn't. It didn't. It didn't come out with the results that we had anticipated. Um, so I ended. You know that year. I just. I kept waiting for someone to call, 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 and and the call never came. Uh, yes. So then the next year, I, I had to work out with the Lions, and it was also during that time that I met a few coaches from Japan. And and you know, I, you know, again, my intentions were never to go play football in Japan. I never. That was never on my mind because exactly. again, yeah. because again, I didn't even know that Japan had football. Right. Yeah, nobody know? knew. Nobody knew. Yeah, a bunch of Asians running around, you know, hitting each yeah. other. That was, that was that was very foreign, um, yeah. you know. But I got to meet them, and they're like, "Yeah, like we'll bring you to Japan for spring break, and all we need is just one or two practices with you, and see how you move." And I was like, "Yeah, I I, I work out on my own every day. Like I could, you're gonna fly me out. I could do that for you, no problem." That's right. Uh, it was just being like an extended workout, uh, and then I went and worked out for the Lions as well, and and I had a I had a real real good showing. And at the end of it, they're like, "Look, like." We don't have a spot right now, but we'll call you if someone goes down. And I was like, okay, that's what the Giants said last year. Mm-hmm. So I had a decision on my hand because now Japan had offered me a spot uh, after the spring break that I spent in Japan. Uh, they were like, look, you have until till July to make your decision. Uh, well, NFL training camp doesn't open until the last week of July. July Japan, yeah. needed, Japan needed a decision in the middle of July. So middle of July kind of went back and forth, try to push it as late as I can. And then I was like, all right, like, I'm, I don't know if the lines are ever going to call. So I'm going to go to Japan uh, and play six months. And that way I, I can't go two years without playing football. That's a big no, no. Yep. Um, so decided to go to Japan, uh, played. Uh, and then 13, 10 or 13 days after I got to Japan um, around my birthday, actually uh, the lions called and I'm like, Hey, like, you know, we want we have a spot that just opened up. Are you in shape? Like we need, you know, let's, come in, we'll work you out. And then, you know, like if you're, if you're in shape and you're good to go, like we'll get you on a practice field that, that same day. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like I'm sitting in a bed in Tokyo, you know? And they're like, you're doing what? And they were like, you're doing what? And I was like, yeah, I'm sitting in in a bed in Tokyo. And they're like, okay. Like, and again, you say the NFL is not a, is not a, a, uh, an entity that you can say no to. Uh, So the minute that you say no to the NFL, uh, those opportunities kind of go by the wayside. Yeah. Uh, so I understood, I understood the decision that I was making in that moment. Uh, mm-hmm. But and I could have, I could have broken my contract in in Japan. But of course. Um, but again, they had already counted me as part of their roster, and they committed to me. And um, and it was one of their first experience with uh, with Black American players. That's you know, right. So I didn't, I didn't want to. So again, I'm thinking of myself. I'm thinking of culture. I'm thinking of us as a people. Uh, because what message is that going to send if you know I sign a contract today and I break it tomorrow and I'm that's leaving right. them because they can't bring in another guy uh, mm-hmm. because once you report your roster in July that's the roster you have until the end of the season uh, mm-hmm. so I knew that I would be um, I would be doing them a disservice uh, if I left um, so you know so I you know all the lines I was like hey this is this is where I am like if the opportunity is still open in January when the season's over. Um, and I'd, I'd love to to revisit it, and you know, I don't even think they say thank you. They just hung up the phone and called the next guy, you know, because that's the way that's the way the NFL works, you yeah. know. So, so that's how I ended up in Japan in six months. You know, eventually turned into nine years. Um, so. 
So yeah, man. Uh, so I, I I know yeah that that story is is awesome, man. You know, to tell young you know people, especially like college athletes, you know, hey, look, uh, got an opportunity, you know, be be a man of your word, and look what it yeah. took you nine years, and you like a man, you like a you like a god over there. They love you. Nah, over there. Nah, but nah, um, just, it's, um, before, yeah, but I want to go into like you know your career in Japan and uh, mm-hmm. you know team for jitsu frontiers mm-hmm. and all um and, you know i know a lot of the players you know and, and the coaches and stuff like that uh mm-hmm. the coach and stuff over there but mm-hmm. man before we go there man we're gonna go, 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 uh, we're gonna go to commercial break okay. um, and uh we'll be right back but uh yeah just answer that when we get back off the of commercial break all right hi i'm christy buzz i'm family member of the world champion los angeles lakers I'm a dancer choreographer. I've traveled around the world and choreographed for daytime television, Days of Our Lives and Passions. I was a Ram cheerleader, a flipper dancer, and now I'm taking that world champion Los Angeles Lakers mentality and I've created a world champion skincare line called Keto. And Keto is driven from the word Ketoism, which is self-love, self-pleasure, self-care. And we want you to understand that we want a relationship with your skin. And we want it to be your other significant other. And take Keto into a new level of how you take care of your skin. So come join me in learning about our amazing brand called Keto. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to Let's Sit the Talk with Freeman. I'm M. Alan Williams. I'm the executive producer of Try to get Freeman on today, man, but she we having some technical difficulties and stuff like that. So you know how technology goes. But hey, shout out to uh shout out to Christy Bus, uh member of the uh, Bus family of the Los Angeles Lakers, uh www.hedo.co. Go and get those products, it's real good, they're natural. Uh from the skincare Hedo, come from the word Hedoism. Um also shout out to uh the investor show Prince Dykes, my guy. Also, shout out to uh, Mr. Banky Pound, 33 years in prison, going for that 100k on YouTube, already at like 63k. So, shout out to Banky Pound, You're always shouting our, our platform and stuff out, but things of that nature. So, uh, also, shout out to a uh, Brooklyn restaurant and lounge in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Uh, they give Freeman the opportunity to do her panels and things of that nature there almost every Sunday. You know, she's been on vacation, she's been out the line, but I'm sure that she's going to be starting those panels up again. So, all the sponsors, thank you so much. And let's get back, Audi. So, let's talk about your career in Japan, the team for Jitsu Frontiers. And uh, how's that going? Yeah, you know, when 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 we first got to, um, it's it's been quite a unique experience because we had an opportunity to do something that no one had ever done before, which is to really change a culture. Now, if you understand Japan and Japanese society, they are a slow moving people when it comes to changing things. They have the best technology in the world, yeah. uh, perhaps even slightly better when it comes to convenience than the States. Mm. Uh, but they are a, they are a slow adapter nation uh, and they are a conformity and uniform society, which means that if a decision needs to be be made, 10 people need to agree before they can move forward. 
That's it's right. not it's not a top-down approach like the states where the ceo dictates and everybody kind of filters mm-hmm. in japan it's the ceo asked you know the cfo and other people and you know so it's 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 decisions by group that's right you know so for us going into fujitsu situation we were brought into a team that had had regular season success but had never won a championship mm-hmm. uh they had gone to the championship game i believe mm-hmm um five times and they they play second every single time they had never won uh so the opportunity to come in and help them capture their first championship was huge um compare that to a team that they had won another one of those teams uh and because they had won they had their culture set and because of the the winning that they had done it was really hard for their americans the new americans when they came in to change their culture when they started losing uh, because you know we've won six championships in the last nine seasons, uh, so all the all the other teams are trying to chase, chase us. They're bringing in new Americans, they're doing this, they're doing that. But it's hard for those Americans to change the culture because the teams that they were coming into had had already won, so they were kind of stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we came in, we had the opportunity to to change the way we practice, to change uh-huh. the way we interact with each other, to change the way that. Uh, to change the way we just we do things to change to change football sure. uh and they the team we had a ton of good players ton of good japanese players and just a side note in japan your americans don't win you championships That's right. uh, because every team has four americans so the americans cancel each other out yep uh it's your japanese talent and your coaching that wins your championship That's right. and and we have you know a pretty good recruiting base and, but the Japanese talent won't come unless you win, you know. So that's that's the difference. That, that, you know, when you start winning, the talent just start coming. Yeah. Uh, so we needed to quickly change the culture and some of the Japanese talent that we had. We needed to coach them up to be able to get us to championship, to be able to get us to a championship caliber team. So in my first year in Japan, we went to the championship game, and we lost. Uh, so that that for them was a sick another sixth. That was their sixth second place finish. Mm. Um, so then the next year they decided that they were going to, for the first time in the team's history, allow a, an American quarterback to come in Mm. and that, that changed everything, uh, that opened up the field, uh, just the way we did things, the way we practiced, everything changed the, it took our team to an exponentially higher level. Uh, and then we, you know, we ran the table that year and we captured the first championship and you could see the tears and the emotions on the faces of, of, mm. uh, of the Japanese people because yeah. they cared so much and they had tried so hard for so long. Uh, so that was a, that was a blessing in itself. Um, after capturing that championship, uh, we went the next year, we went back to the championship game after dominating the regular season. And uh, we played three quarters of really good football. Uh, but then we we kind of, um, you know, we made a few mistakes and we did things that were uncharacteristics of us. Um, mm-hmm. And we ended up losing that championship game. Um, and then after that, we put together a string of 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 uh, four in a row. So that, yeah. that's when we went, went on our four in a row stretch um, and we were able to do that. So that made that made um, five championships in seven years. Uh, and in the COVID year, uh, we lost. Uh, and then this past season we won, so yeah. that's what makes uh, you know six championships in in nineties, and in every single one of those years, we've been to the championship game. So we've given ourselves a chance to 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 win. You know, uh, yeah. the, if you you know, 
if you want to dance, you have to first go to the ballroom. You know, you exactly. can't just you can't just sit there and be like, hey, like, you know, you got to get to the dance to be able to dance. Yep. Um, so and we've given ourselves to an opportunity to dance uh, every time by getting to the, you know, uh, to the to the dance. So. So that's kind of been the history of, of uh, <laughs> us and our success. And, and the one thing that we really harped on is that if you build relationships, the wins will come. You know, so that's our right. first our first order of a matter was to build relationships with the players, build relationships with the coaches, build relationships with the fans. That way they have a good game experience and eventually the wins will start to come. Uh, that's so right. that's what we that's what we really focused on. And then, you know, for the for the for the ones who don't know about football in Japan, you know, we, mm-hmm. we know. Um, but please, please, please tell them that you know yeah. it's not it's not it's not a joke over there. Like, yeah, they yeah. think about Japanese. Oh my God, he's look. Nah, tell yeah, them, yeah. Yeah. please tell them about the two hour, the four hour practices. Or yeah, tell them, yeah. Tell them about like the 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 how they. I call them. I call them. Uh, I compare it like you know you drop you drop some in an ant nest right, mm, mm, and so mm. you drop some in an ant nest they they all over it like mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and, and they they perfect the craft mm, mm. they perfect the craft they mm-hmm. they would they would get it down packed until you mm-hmm. you know and, and, and as a group so please like the, mm-hmm. the viewers like football Japan like oh my god like all we know is CFL and NFL. Yeah, yeah. You know, but please, like, describe the situation. The the one thing about um the one thing about football in Japan is that they're very very passionate about the game. Yes. Uh, and when you have passion, uh, like it's it's gonna lead you a long ways. You know, so the way that they practice, the way that they study, the way that they approach the game, it all comes from a place of love and passion for the game. Uh, you know, they the biggest difference. Uh, between America and, Jap- and Japan is not necessarily skill level, it's instincts. Mm. It's that they don't have football instincts because fo- they don't have a football culture. That's right. Uh, whereas in America, you grew up playing football, you grew up watching football, you grew up with football all around, so you develop these football instincts. Um, you know, now football instincts can help develop your talents, uh, but there is there are a lot of pretty solid players in Japan um, mm. because they all grow up with... Um, they all grow up not playing football. So yep. they've really developed other skill sets that sure. make them that make them really good football players. Exactly. Uh, you know, so the ones that played baseball have really good tracking ability and really good hand-eye coordination. <laughs> That's right. The ones that have played soccer have really good footwork and they have, you know, stamina and and uh, and endurance for days. That's right. Uh the ones that have done other things, they bring those skill sets to football and it makes and it makes football really easy for them. They adapt to it very easily. And, and uh equipment, you know, uh when I was over there, you know, uh went to a sumo practice. Of where yeah. Their hand coordination, like yeah. linemans. Yeah. That's over there. That so that translates. That, yeah. That translates very well and they mm-hmm. pick off their feet and they're fast and they practice. Yeah hours they practice they they are a if if an analogy would make would best there's two analogies that i want to give that hopefully best explains japanese people mm-hmm. uh the first is that japanese people believe in their heart of heart if you practice hard enough a japanese person could be better than michael jordan that's yep. what they truly that's what they truly believe in their heart they believe yeah. that if you practice hard enough you could be better than michael jordan 
Uh, and then the second analogy is Japanese people are a believer in measure three times, cut once. Uh, so they will do it over and over and over again until they present it to you as done. Uh, you know, so if those two analogies can help explain a little bit of what football is like there, I think those those two things uh, kind of put it together. Uh, so the one thing that part of the American culture that we try to bring to them is that you don't need four hours of football practice uh, because now you are you are not helping the team you are not hurting the team. Uh, because because now players are getting injured, like you know, so it's it's uh, it's uh, you're you're counterbalancing all the all the positives that you have that you have put in place. So, got it, got it. So yeah, that's um. So uh, so what is what is life after football for Audi? You know, so, mm. you know you put, you, you're mm. doing it. You did nine years, man. Um, mm. that's that's, mm. that's a long time, man. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, so to me, like. You know, I'm nine years. Yeah, that's getting you know to towards the end. You know, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what's what's life is going to be? Uh, what's yeah. your decision going to be after football? And I know what's your plans? This is um, it's a very good question. Uh, you know, because like you said, nine years, right? So you start to think, uh, you are closer to the end than you are from the beginning, unless yeah. you're Tom Brady, right? That's right. Uh, because the man's been 20, those. <laughs> 20, 22 seasons, 21 seasons. And he is, uh, you know, so at nine years, he hasn't even gotten to halfway of his career yet. Uh, but I am not Tom Brady. And I do not play the quarterback position. I play exactly. a position where you run, you twist, you prop, you do all these things that at some point the athleticism is going to go and you just know you're no longer going to be useful uh, on the field. Um, so for me, it's ever since I got to Japan, it's always looking at outlets and opportunities, uh, whether those opportunities were in the States, whether those opportunities were in Japan, uh, continuing to make connections, uh, both in the business world and, uh, in the football world, uh, to give myself, you know, the best chance, uh, at, you know, I, at whatever I want to do going forward. I think naturally, because I have done football for so long, I would go into coaching initially, uh, you know, now you don't know if you're going to be a good coach unless you coach. That's right. And so initially I would go into coaching uh, with the with the mindset of like, I'm going to put my all into this. And if this is my true calling, um, I am I am a teacher by nature, uh, but I don't know. Teaching and coaching are very similar. Right. But I don't know if coaching football is 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 um, is the teaching that I'm supposed to be doing or if it's actually like teaching men. Uh, and teaching, you know, young men to be to be men or teaching in a capacity where I'm impacting the community, uh, you know. But initially, I will go into football coaching and see if that is uh, something that I'm really passionate about. And if it is, then let's go get it. You know, like I'm right. I'll bring the same energy that I did to playing to, to coaching, uh, you know. So that's that's kind of the the immediate future. Uh, and I've also done some things on the side that have that have allowed me some 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 flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, certain financial investments and and partner partnerships with people and and just uh, keep keeping my toes down and and setting some roots. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's 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 a, and it was a long answer, but it's you know, but it's it's still a work in progress. If I was to to give you a more precise uh, answer, there you go, man. Um, and 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 you got to have a long answer because you know you've been doing certain a thing for one. Like for all your, for a long time, you know, yeah, as such as yeah, myself too. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're doing stuff that we're used to, 
Yeah. Such a long time. So I'll tell, you know, people when they transition into what they're doing, especially in the sports world, military world, mm-hmm. every world that you've been doing stuff in a long time, have a mm-hmm. plan A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hey, you know, the answer is going to be long, but yeah. that's good. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So, uh, yeah. 100%. But yeah, man. But 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 that's good, man. Um, you know, I, I known you for a couple of years now, man, and you always a good soul, man. Uh, people around you, they love you. They always you, like uh, the people you have around you, man. You always bring joy. So man, I see yeah, that I all, it, all the time, man. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, with your your culture too and your religion, you take that yeah. pride with stride, man. You even. People who don't understand it, you teach it. You don't get mad. You don't. Nah, nah. You, you sit down, you, yeah. you talk to them. You're like, hey, yeah. this is why I do this. And, yeah. and people are like, oh, okay. And then, yeah. What they can say. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. But, uh, and it, um, so, uh, so, man, Audi, we always ask this before we, we wrap up, man. Um, yeah. The little, the little Audis or the little kids. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that don't have that drive mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. don't have that or they have the passion but they're scared mm-hmm. to, to take that that, mm-hmm. that, that leap mm-hmm. you know you coming from nigeria coming into space mm-hmm. and transitioning mm-hmm. over going to college mm-hmm. and transitioning mm-hmm. to Japan. Mm-hmm. but what 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 words of encouragement and wisdom do you have mm-hmm. for those those kids today because man we need it today mm. <laughs> there is a um there was a book that I recently just finished and the, the title of the book is called motivation is a myth. And the book alluded to how uh, most people will wait for motivation to start something uh, and they will wait for motivation to continue to keep them going. Uh, so for those kids that are looking, uh, that are looking for motivation, I would say, get out there and start it. Now start it in a place where you can see an easy win. Uh, so start it by, introducing yourself to someone that you don't know because that in itself takes you out of your natural comfort zone. Uh, and that is just one step towards, you know, moving abroad, taking risks. Um, you know, so that's one thing that I would tell them. I was mentioning earlier in my introduction that, um, growing up a lot of the times being the only black kid in class helped me adapt to Japanese culture. Yeah. Because now being the only black kid in class and not feeling uncomfortable to raise your hand or to answer questions and do some of the, to read or to do some of these things, helped prepare me for being the only black kid in a two mile radius mm. in Japan, you know, uh, and being comfortable with that uh, and not feeling like an outsider or feeling like an other, yeah. uh, and just being like, no, I, I belong here. Like I'm, I pay Japanese taxes. Exactly. I do these things. Like I, you know, uh, like I, I go to the grocery stores like you. Um, you know, so those are those are some of the things I would tell the kids, uh, get out of your comfort zone and just reach out to people and introduce yourself and do something that scares you just a little bit. Nothing dangerous, but do something that scares you just a little bit. Um, and, and that'll help you. And if you you know, if you like that feeling, then repeat it. And then before you know it, you'll have the you know the courage and the convictions to be able to do things that are ultimately uh, good for you, good for your life, good for your family and good for good for your soul. So. I agree with that. Do something that's scary one time. Yeah. And con- conquer that. I mean, jump, yeah, like you say, jump that leap of faith, man. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, like, you know, yeah. people who first purchase a car, purchase a house. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's scary a scary thing. Scary. You know? 
you purchase yeah. a house, you're like, how am I going to make 400 payments, right? Exactly. Over 30 years, right? Exactly. Thinking you oh. cannot miss one. You purchase a car, you're like, is this the car that I really want? Like, can I That's afford right. it? Insurance, gas, like what if things change? Mm. You know, like it's everything in life like has risk attached. Everything that's good has risk attached to it. When you get yeah. married, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's the whole idea of like people getting cold feet, right? It's not sure. that they don't, it's not that they don't love the person that they're going to marry. Is that they start to get doubts of like, is this really it? Like, is this, you know, like, you know, but again, when you have a process to where you're going to make a decision, um, you know, get out a piece of paper, get a board and write things down, go through pros and cons and compare and contrast it and, and go from there, because that will help you, uh, that will help you make your decision. Uh, you don't have to make the decision from an emotional place. Um, you can make it from a logical and a sensible place. Um. That's right. Cool, man. Oh, man. <clears throat> this was great. Uh, I really enjoyed this, enjoyed this conversation. Um, mm -hmm. But is there anything else you want to mention or anything else that you want to mention that, you know, we miss or that you're doing or anything coming out in a yeah. NFT or anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate I appreciate this opportunity uh, to reach out to your fan, to reach out to your audience. Uh, and to be able to speak to them. And if any kids are watching this, uh, you can follow me on social media. You can reach out to me for tips, uh, whatever you need. Um, I am I am still learning. And I, you know, the one thing that I did I, is I had pretty good mentors, uh, you know, and I follow, you know, some of their blueprint and adjusted it to, to me and to, to what I was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, it's life is not, you are not living life for the first time you're not the first person that's gone through some of your problems so reach out to people talk to people uh and they will help you uh they will help you through those things and find find good mentors and fight you know and they will help you through through some of the things that you're that you are going through so uh we are meant for we are meant to be community people uh, humans right. are a community people so reach out to your communities um you know because they say that a child that doesn't feel there's, there's an african african proverb that says that a child that doesn't feel the warmth of the village will burn it down trying to feel it, you know? So like you want to get to the child before, you know, before he, you want to surround the child and give him warmth before he feels the need to, you know, to start a fire. Um, and, you know, we know that in our communities, especially those fires can lead to detrimental things for generations. Uh, so, you know, so that's just, that's just my message. Reach out to people, find good mentors and ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, you know? So, um, yeah, so that's it. That's my final message. I really appreciate this, Alan. Yeah. I, when Freeman gets back on, like, I really appreciate you guys inviting me on. This is, has been wonderful. Uh, and hopefully we can, we can sit down and do this again when you guys are at a, you yeah. know, a million, a billion <laughs> subscribers and it's, it's on a whole different level. So, yeah. Hey man, well, I appreciate you coming on. I know you busy, you know, and I, caught you when you're back 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 in the states back at home but you know i'm, I'm glad i mean i appreciate you coming on and stuff like that man uh all the views all the views out there man we appreciate y'all coming on and always supporting let's sit the talk with freema uh like i said i know freema has a technical difficulties yeah. and, and i know she's like ah! but <laughs> got it freema i got you I'm, I'm gonna hold you down i'm, I'm trying you know I, I, I think i did good you know i think yeah. i did good today yeah. but um yeah you know it's just comes with the territory guys it's technology so um somebody got to fill in we just got to fill in off the fly and do what we got to do you know that's exactly. life exactly get, get curves exactly you or you 
overcome. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. Shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to, uh, like I said, again, shout out to Christy Bus with www.hedo.co. That's www.hedo.co. Christy Bus, and she's a member of the Bus family of the Lakers. So, uh, like I said, she has a great scare in Carolina out. www.hedo.co. Go online, support. Very good for your skin. Also, shout out to Brooklyn Restaurant and Lounge in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Thank you. Appreciate you for letting Freema do her platforms and do her panels at that restaurant every Sunday at 4 p.m. Also, shout out to an investor show, Prince Dykes, my guy. Y'all shout, uh, go on his YouTube channel, Instagram, and uh, check out his interviews and learn about investing and uh, learn about how to invest. Also, shout out to Mr. Banky Pound. Uh, 33 years of prison stories, man. Uh, very, very great guy. Always shouting out our podcast and the show. Um, it's at 63, almost 64K on YouTube. Going to 100K, guys. Go on his page and support him. And uh, you will enjoy the stories that he has on this show. But Everybody, this is it. Audi, thank you again. Appreciate everybody for coming on. And as Freema said, as we always say on Left and Sip and Talk with Freema, peace and love. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful day. All right, man.